If you open your hands, he'll come to you. Every person here, God is a spirit, and we worship him in the spirit and the truth. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Open your heart to him. As we see in his presence, every weight will lift off you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. This is what I see. Every heart getting refreshed with the warmth of his presence. Thank you, Lord. Touch your people today and restore them. Thank you, Father. His presence is in you. His presence is in you. I declare the blood of every person, of Christ over every person. every person here. Restore everyone's spiritual eyesight. Restore their spiritual eyesight, Lord. taking you to a place now for the people that their eyes are closed and then in God's presence you feel yourself going to a place thank you thank you Lord that you're restoring their spiritual eyesight restoring their spiritual hope sermon you're bigger than worship we come to seek your face we come to touch your throne where you dwell thank you thank you restore us today feed us to touch where your throne is spiritually thank you thank you thank you thank you I declare the blood of Jesus over every person here thank you over their conscience their heart and their flesh for every situation, in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I don't know if I want to preach. Thank you, Jesus. How's everyone today? We're good? Without the Holy Spirit and true worship, nothing changes. No. So, that, so today I'll be speaking about the blood of the new covenant. I think Pastor Tony shared Sunday with us some scriptures which are powerful. And I'm going to continue on it. But I'm going to continue back to where I started. If we can go back to First John chapter 5, verse 1 to 8. And I spoke about the first principle or the first pillar of our faith, the overcoming faith. A lot of people have faith, but do you have overcoming faith? This one matters the most. Because when you when you get pressured, when you get tested, when you get challenged, most people give in. And Luke chapter 8 settles that about when troubles of this world, challenges come and they choke the seed that's inside of us. So I'm continuing on from First John chapter 5 verse 1 to 8. So let's read it. I've never... I've never went into this scripture in the way that the Holy Spirit's leading now, but I love it because we've been speaking about how to be established in God, and it's like God showing me now all the fundamental pillars of what allows you to be an overcoming believer. Now, one thing is to believe, another is to have an overcoming faith. That, that's what God wants to establish in each one of us. Overcoming faith. Some people stay in their situation for months and years where they haven't learned the, what God needs to establish in each person. So I will share it. Let's read it. <clears throat> Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Messiah is born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. This is how we know that we love the children of God, by loving God and carrying out his commandments. In fact, this is love, 
for God. To keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. Now here it's talking about overcoming the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Now he's talking about overcoming and he's steering to our faith. Now there are three major principles here that God needs to establish in each one of us if you want to be sincere in your walk with God. Next. Who is that that overcomes the world? Only one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. This is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. He did not come by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit who testifies, because the Spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify. This is the fundamental foundation of our walk of faith. Now you hear in Hebrews chapter 11, it tells us that it's impossible to please God with our faith. The one who comes to him must believe that he is, and he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Now there's a key here that will change your spiritual walk and sharpen you in every aspect. For there are three that testify, the Spirit, what is what's symbolic of the spirit? I spoke about it last Wednesday. What's the first principle that we have to be established in? The word of God. Remember what it says in John six sixty three? The flesh profits for nothing. It's the words that I speak to you. They are the spirit and they are the life. So what's the first foundation that God has to establish in you? The Word of God. Now it's interesting how they're in order here. It's interesting how these are in order for our walk. What happens first when we accept the Gospel? Do we get baptized straight away without hearing the Gospel first? We hear the Gospel first. We hear the truth first. Repent and be baptized. Believe and be baptized. We hear the first fundamental foundation of our faith. It's the Word of God. Then you get, isn't that interesting how religion is the other way around? They say when you're born, you get baptized. But here it's showing you the fundamental foundation of what it means to be a believer. And it shows us here the Spirit. The Word has to be accepted first. Then the baptisms, plural, will follow you. Then you will learn about the blood of the covenant of Jesus Christ. Isn't that interesting? How when you have a foundation of God's Word, you can actually understand of how the Holy Spirit establishes a true believer. So the Spirit, the water, and the blood, and the three are in agreement. They are together. Meaning, you need to have three of these foundations operating in your life. And if you don't, you will, you will be insufficient. You will be lacking. Vulnerable to be attacked also. 
And I'm going to share all these principles. I'm sorry, I'm going to share the blood today, the blood of the covenant, and what it means for us. Because it's very important. Imagine, imagine you every day. I declare and decree the blood of Christ in this no establishment of God's word. Imagine you're decreeing and declaring the blood of Christ with the word of God and you don't understand the principles of baptisms. People think baptism is just the water. There's many. I'm going to speak about it next Wednesday. About the different principles of baptisms. There's probably six or seven baptisms, different baptisms in the Bible. And when you read it, you say, well, it's bigger than I think. But I feel like the believers today, they haven't been well established in the Word of God. Established in the blood. Established in the baptism. So I'm going to explain it to you today. What does it mean for us? And it's interesting because when I was studying about the blood of the new covenant, or the blood that was shed from the cross, it's interesting that through the blood, I believe that it deals mostly with your identity. It really does. And if you don't get an idea of what Jesus done at the cross, your identity will struggle to change. It's so true. I really believe that the changing is in this one. The blood. If you do not understand what Christ done and what he achieved for you, your identity will forever be lacking. And your identity has a lot to do with your personality, your character, and your heart. And so many people say, you know, you shouldn't be thinking like this, or you need to change this in your life. It's wrong. You need to know what Christ done. That's the pinnacle for you to change and to surrender your life to Him. If you can understand this, Satan can never dismantle you because it's interesting. The blood of Christ deals with your character, your personality, your mindset and your heart. It's interesting that Satan mostly attacks the dimension of the blood. Everything that the blood promises, Satan wants to keep you in bondage to that. And I'm going to explain it to you today. You're going to see Satan counterfeits. Everything that God promises, Satan counterfeits that. So, so if Satan brings guilt, what's the opposite of guilt? Anyone? If Satan brings guilt to you, what's the opposite of guilt? Anyone everyone's asleep or? What's the opposite of guilt? Innocent. All right, back to worship. Isn't it interesting that Satan really attacks the identity of the blood of what it's done for you? 
And it's interesting why so many believers are struggling in their character, in their identity, in their mindset, in their heart. It's because they haven't understood the covenant of the blood. And to be honest, it's always good to refresh yourself. Meaning, it always has to be remembered. So the spirit is symbolic of the gospel, preaching the gospel first. Isn't that interesting? He's talking about your spiritual walk. If you want to get to know something about your spiritual walk, it's so important you understand the process. So first, the spirit, remember, the Holy Spirit came openly, wanting to establish God's word in you. It is written three times. And Jesus done that. He established the word of God through prayer and fasting and overcoming. It's the first principle. So the first principle is for believers here in the beginning to, as they feed on God's word, they pray in the spirit and they fast, and God will slowly establish you. The second principle is the water, the baptisms. There's, I think, six or seven. I'm going to speak about them next week where I will open your eyes. Most of the church today, they're at the second principle of the baptism. There's another four or five more principles. And it's interesting how those principles, Paul talks about them most. And well, does it change the dimension of how we do church and how we work together? The third one is the blood. Learning about how he ransomed you is so important. Because I believe through the blood of the, the new covenant, love is purchased there. A lot of people say, surrender. I can't surrender. It's because you haven't known how much he loves you. And the blood is symbolic of this. It's true. Every commandment that God promises us is to love the Lord thy God. And love is birthed by his blood. God so loved the world, he gave up his son. So I'll share with you here. I'll share a testimony actually. This is before I read the Bible. That if God wanted me to know something, he'd done something when I had a dream. Before I opened the Bible, before I started my Bible studies, he gave me a dream. And to be honest, I was in an intense spiritual warfare with Satan. Every day, I can't tell you what I went through. But I don't want to give him any glory. I give Jesus the glory. Because I am now. Those trials have made me what I am today. So no trial that God gives is meant to remain in your life. No trial that you go through is meant to remain in your life. So I share it. <clears throat> I went everywhere for help, seeking some advice, seeking some restoration. Everything you can think I tried. And I had a dream that night. I'd like to share it with you because it's very powerful, but it's about the blood. And I fell asleep. I fell asleep and I entered 
I entered, it was like heaven. I entered heaven and I can see angels behind me. I don't know how many there was, maybe 20 to 50 angels. They were the size of telegraph poles and they're standing behind me, not in front of me. They're standing behind me and this witch, this satanic witch came at the front and she's hissing at me. And she goes, I come to destroy you. I hate you. This is what she said. She goes, I'm the witch that cursed your whole generation. And I'd like to share it with you. And in that moment, I saw my family generations. One family suffered from diabetes. One family suffered from heart disease. One family suffered from poverty. One family suffered from curses where there always something's going wrong. And he showed, when she said that, it's like the Lord showed me the lineage where that destruction went through every family. And she says, I'm the one that cursed them all. And the Holy Spirit told me her name. And I'm not going to go there right now. Let me just keep continuing. So when I when the lady came, when the witch came to me, a snake came out of her mouth and it started to sway like this from her tongue. And the angel to my right side, he said, plead the blood of the lamb. I didn't, I never read the Bible. All I knew was Jesus. Now it was interesting that God took me in there and he showed me. And I heard the angel say, plead the blood of the lamb. And the moment I pleaded the blood of the lamb, a spiritual dome came around me. And when the spiritual dome came around me, the snake released from her mouth and tried to bite me and it hit and rebounded from the dome. It rebounded from the dome. Then the angel said, command her to go to the feet of Jesus. And then I commanded her to leave and go to the feet of Jesus. I was in a long, in a long like hallway and there was many doors on either side. I don't know how many doors, but there was a lot. And the witch said, look, I'm going to leave you now. You have broken this curse over me. But look how many doors you need to shut. That was in the beginning of my journey. She said, look how many doors are still open that needs to be shut. I believe those doors are portals and gates to my heart. Through my character, my personality, sinful nature, I really believe that after that, that process began and I had to close those doors and gates in my heart. So she left. I heard the Holy Spirit tell me, the name. So I asked my father, and I said, is there a lady by this name? And he said, yes. He said, this lady is known to curse people in the village. And she cursed many people in our village. And I'm not there to speak about her, but I'm just explaining to you 
just like we have a confession of faith and the Holy Spirit moves, Satan has a confession of his faith and he moves. But what broke that curse? The blood. The blood dismantled everything. Now this is the encounter I had. And from that day, my journey became easier and easier. But I really believe that was the beginning of my journey for my heart to change. I want to make sure I didn't leave anything out. So look what God was trying to do in the beginning of my journey to establish me. This was after I saw the Lord. After the Lord come to me, this is when I had that encounter. And how important it is for us to know the blood of Christ. I will explain. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 9, verse 14 to 15. Now, this is the interesting scripture. <clears throat> now, isn't this interesting? What allows you to remain in your sinful nature? What allows you to remain in your rebellious nature? What allows you to remain in your carnal nature? What allows you to remain in the world? You know what it is? It's an evil conscience. Yes? We agree? So your conscience bears witness to your soul or your heart. And look what deals with an evil conscience. Let's say someone says, I keep on sinning. Let's say someone says, I have an addiction. Let's say someone says, I continuously feed the flesh. Can you change on your own? Is it based on how much you fast and how much you pray? Before that, it's deeper. The foundation of the blood has to be settled. I can't tell you. Because all the faith, all the wisdom is built on what? Christ crucified. So let's say you're fasting and you're praying and you're working on those areas of your heart and the blood is not established. The enemy continuously has authority to attack you. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 14 to 15. How much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Holy Spirit, willingly offered himself unblemished, that is, without moral or spiritual imperfection as a sacrifice to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works and lifeless observance to serve the ever-living God. So what is your foundation as a believer? What is your foundation as a believer? To know the covenant of the blood. Because it's through the blood that your conscience is dealt with and your dead works are dealt with. And this is massive for a believer wanting to be free mentally, spiritually, physically. 
it begins with the establishment of the blood, which is a new covenant now that we have. And it's interesting now because every place, every place that the blood works, Satan is working also to keep you in an evil conscience, to keep you part of this world. So look what it deals. You need to change. You need to stop doing this. I really believe that we have it wrong. Trying to change your behavior or trying to change the way you deal with things in your heart or your mind has a lot to do with the blood not established in you. It's very important. Your character, your mind, your heart, your behavior is dealt in the blood of the new covenant. Are we understanding this? So important. Because the blood is spoken about identity. How you see yourself through the lens of God. How you see yourself through the lens of God's eyes towards you. This is how Satan is dismantled. And this is how your identity is formed in the new creation of Christ. I can tell you now, 99% of the church is suffering emotionally. They're suffering mentally. They're suffering through the soulish realm because their identity has not been established. Can we understand this? Especially when we go through things. Number two, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 1 to 7. So the first one speaks about cleanses your conscience and lifeless works. What's lifeless works? Serving everything that stands for this world. You become, you become kingdom minded. Why? Why do you become kingdom minded? Because you have been bought at a price. He bought you with his blood. That's how you know how serious he took you when he died at the cross for you. But isn't it interesting, the first thing that he has to deal with is with your conscience. But I just want you to pay attention, every person here, where the blood focuses. Please, because it will change your heart's desire towards him. And it will show you all the warfare all the warfare and all the satanic attacks upon the mind through the book of Ephesians, it's all based around this. So let's go to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 1 to 7. Okay. Paul, an apostle, special messenger, personally chosen, representative of Christ Jesus, the Messiah, the anointed by the will of God, that is by his purpose and choice to the saints, God's people, who are Ephesus and are faithful and loyal and steadfast in Christ Jesus. Can we just go back there? Look, look, look how he, look how he defines a true believer. Okay, we'll keep going. Grace to you and peace in a calm and spiritual well-being 
from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed and worthy of praise be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms in Christ. Now that's number one. This is one promise that God has given us, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms in Christ. Keep going. Just as in his love, he chose us in Christ, actually selected us for himself as his own before the foundation of the world, so that we would be holy, that is, consecrated, set apart for him, purpose-driven, and blameless in his sight in love. He predestined and lovely planned for us to be adopted to himself as his own children through Jesus Christ, in accordance with the kind intention and good pleasure of his will. To praise of his glorious grace and favor, which he so bestowed on us in the beloved his son, Jesus Christ. In him we have redemption, that is our deliverance and our salvation through his blood. You see, all of those promises and benefits are established through his blood. Spiritual blessings chosen by God. Look what it does. It gives you a sense of purpose that you're valuable to Him. It changes your character. It really does. But if you don't understand the price that He paid, you will stay the same. That is our deliverance and our salvation through His blood, which paid the penalty for our sin and resulted in the forgiveness and complete pardon of our sin in accordance with the riches of His grace. Isn't that, people, isn't that interesting that people that are stuck in sin and are continuously rebellion can never fathom this scripture? Satan will continuously attack your mind to make you believe that you're in bondage and you're a slave to sin. This scripture says you're free. That's how free you are spiritually. But Satan in the natural, if you don't understand the blood of the new covenant, he will attack your conscience to make you believe you cannot escape this and that you're bound to this and you're a slave to this. So let's say you have addictions. I'll share, some, I'll share something, how I dealt with addictions in the beginning of my journey. I declared the blood of Christ over every addiction in my life. And you know what happened? It lost its sting. Because Christ took that. So every habit, my sinful nature, my evil conscience, my lifeless my, life, my lifeless life on earth was dealt with what? How hard I pray, how hard I fast, how much I read the Word of God, or how much I confessed my faith in the finished work of the cross. That's, the, that's what changes you. That's what changes you to move forward. You must know this. So in the beginning of your journey, isn't it interesting here, it speaks about those three components, and you can be strong in the Word of God, not know the blood of His covenant. You can be strong in the baptisms, and not know 
what Christ settled for you before you even start walking. And this is something that's given to you from God. It's not something you work towards. Sanctification is different. But the blood is what allows you to walk blameless and free before you even start your journey. So Satan is very busy in the early uh, life of a believer to keep them trapped in their mind. To keep them away from the freedom that God promises. So that's not that's the first one. That's the first one here. Number two, uh, sorry, number three. We go to Ephesians chapter two, verse twelve to thirteen. So this scripture here is for the Gentiles. So we are not Jews, we are Gentiles that have been grafted in. And this scripture is showing us now that we Gentiles have been adopted by his blood. And it shows us now that we have a purpose with God because we have been adopted into his family. What does that show you? Out goes rejection. If I can say it in plain English, the greatest way you can reject the grace of God is the spirit of rejection. And rejection normally manifests in the physical before the spiritual, but it's really spiritually birthed. So let's say someone has, someone always feels rejected, or someone was brought up in rejection. When you come to Christ, I believe it's the greatest sin how you handle the true grace of God. So the opposite of the true grace of God is the spirit of rejection. And here it shows us that when you come to Christ, nothing in you, no matter which process, no matter what you're going through, no matter how the Holy Spirit is dealing with your sinful nature, can you ever feel rejected by God. Because this is his master key to allow you to walk in rejection, to never receive the true freedom of Christ. Are we understanding? So rejection has many fruits and many branches that I'll speak another day. I'll probably spend a whole month on that because rejection is massive. Rejection is the reason why envy is living and working in you. Why jealousy is working in you. Why pride is working in you. Rejection is the main reason. Because you want to feed it in the natural, in the prideful way. Are we understanding? I hear the nerve there. The reason why people walk in envy, jealousy, pride and a lack is because of rejection. Because they want to be accepted, but they haven't settled it by the blood. They want to settle it in their own strengths. Remember that at that time you were separated from Christ, excluded from any relationship with Him, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of promise, 
with no share in the sacred messianic promise and without knowledge of God's agreement, having no hope in his promise and living in the world without God. But now, at this very moment, right now, this is who you are. This is not a place to feel um, positive. This is the scripture. This is who you are now at this moment. Because every person here is seeking Christ. And they are wanting to know Him and to walk with Him. So this is how God sees you. And this is how Satan is crushed. But now at this very moment in Christ Jesus, you who once were so very far away from God have been brought near by the blood of Christ. And, and I can't tell you how important it is that you establish yourself and build all wisdom and faith and truth around the blood. The blood is the source of why we are living today, of what he done at the cross. And it's our weapon against everything. And all the scriptures show that. Okay, we go to the next one. Colossians. Isn't it interesting how those three principles are all coming together now? And they're bringing them together. Can you see it? The baptism, the spirit, and the blood. You see how they're all linking together through different writers? Okay, Colossians chapter 2, verse 12 to 15. Having been buried with him in baptism and raised with him to a new life through your faith in the working of God, as displayed when he raised Christ from the dead, when you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, worldliness, manner of life, God made you alive together with Christ having freely forgive us all our sins. So you see here, what is, the, what is the result of your change? What is the result of your freedom? What is your result of you truly walking and doing life with Christ? How you understand the blood. If you do not understand the blood, you will not understand the love of God. And there your character will be uh, not fully mature. There your character will be lacking. Please, you need to understand this. Well, I just saw light come across there. Hallelujah. We keep going. Having cancelled out the certificate of debt consisting of legal demands which were in force against us and which were hostile to us and the certificate has set aside and completely removed by nailing it to the cross. When he had disarmed the rulers and authorities, those supernatural forces of evil operating against us, 
how were they operating against us? Can someone answer that question? How do evil forces operate against us? What's the fruit of it, someone? I'm going to pick on the people at the back. So how do evil forces operate against us? What's their role? So one way is, Paul talks about it, they, they have been blinded. He blinds the mind of the believer or the unbeliever. So what's his role when you deal with spiritual forces? He's to blind your mind, keep you in sin. But how does he do that? He blinds your understanding to keep you from the freedom that's in the gospel. And there are many other ways. But look here. And the certificate he had, he has set aside and completely removed by nailing it to the cross. When he had disarmed the rulers and authorities, those supernatural forces of evil operating against us, he made a public example of them, exhibiting them as captives in his triumphal procession, having triumphed over them through the cross. So isn't it interesting where the blood focuses? Where? The first one, evil conscience. Second one, anyone? Second one? What's that, sorry? Lifeless works? Yes? Good. Promotion. David needs a promotion. Uh, what's the second one? The first one deals with an evil conscience. So someone says, why is my mind always seed with evil thoughts? Why is my mind always contaminated? Why is my mind always polluted? Why is my mind always in rejection to what God has done? It's a lacking of the covenant of the blood. And that's where love is birthed. It's so true. So number one, the blood deals with your evil conscience. Number two, I can't hear you, sorry. Yeah, he said that, David said that. Yeah, and what else? <laughs> so, evil conscience, lifeless works, anyone else? Sinful nature? Anyone? I'm talking so slow and you still don't. You. <laughs> so, so you start to see you start to see where the blood deals with your character, your sinful nature, rejection. You start to see there all those areas where the blood starts to focus on. You're forgiven from every evil work. <laughs> so you start to see. The blood focuses mostly on your identity. So important. And identity really, really it's birthed by the blood. It's not formed by the way you walk. It's about knowing the sacrifice of Christ. That's where your spirit is truly united with him. 
and that's where you do not wrestle with the world anymore because you know you're under a greater covenant you have a greater lot a greater calling a greater life now with god so you don't choose that anymore you know heaven is our home it's our destiny you know everything that you see here is going to perish because the bible tells you that okay Romans Now when you read those fundamentals of the spirit the baptism and the blood this is what it means all the promises that Christ has bestowed upon you through the death on the cross when you know this freedom your not only your character is shaped but the way you live and do life with Christ it's shaped also how many people here struggle with their journey with Christ and how many people are not consistent and how many people are lacking where they're not stable in their life with Christ i really believe it's because of this i really believe it Romans chapter 3 verse 24 to 25 and are being justified declared free of the guilt of sin made acceptable to God and granted eternal life as a gift by his precious undeserved grace through the redemption the payment for our sin which is provided in Christ Jesus <clears throat> whom God displayed publicly before the eyes of the world as a life-giving sacrifice of atonement and reconciliation preparation by his blood to be received through faith this was to demonstrate his righteousness which demands punishment for sin because in his forbearance his deliberate restraint he passed over the sins previously committed before Jesus crucifixion so he is showing us here the sins of the old testament he passed over now but he settled it now from the cross so the sins of the old they were never taken away they were only covered for so here he showing us that it's been settled and fulfilled in Christ now look at this now look where the blood is focusing on that you've been reconciled through faith now can we go back please you have been reconciled you have been justified you are free from the guilt of sin now in the beginning a believer needs to know this because satan will continuously attack this area of your life and he will make you feel like that you can't come to god anymore regarding the situations that you're in or regarding the sin that you're dealing with regarding the the carnal nature that you're dealing with he'll make you believe that you can't continuously come to him every time you fall and that's where the hardness of heart is formed that's where discouragement is formed that's where separation from god is formed when you don't understand that the blood can be entered any time to forgive you any sin 
even if you do it every day, not that I'm promoting it. I've got to be careful if people catch out what I... But in the beginning, there were many addictions in my life, many challenges of my sinful nature in my life, where I was continuously, maybe every hour or every day, coming to the blood to get washed and to get cleansed. You understand this? So isn't it interesting that Satan will attack this area of your life to make you feel like you're a hypocrite? You're never going to change. This is your destiny. You have to live with this. And this is simple teaching, please. But it's something that will take you so far with the Lord because you'll never get stuck from the enemy's trap. But mostly I'm focusing on identity here. If there's something lacking in the church today, it's our identity. So many people are prone to rejection. So many people are overly sensitive. So many people are interrupted inside here in their conscience, in their character, personality. It's because of you don't know who you belong to. And you don't know how much he cares for you and he loves you. So imagine trying to be in the kingdom of God and trying to be used by God and your, your personality, your identity and character is not formed. You will not stand. Uh, next one. I just want you to focus on what the blood deals with. You're justified, free from the guilt of sin, just like you've never sinned before. That's the gospel. But I'm not promoting sin. I'm promoting change. But I'm telling you where you change. The blood. The blood. People tell me always, I have to stop doing this. You'll do it the next day. If you know where to go to, to get cleansed and to get washed, you will know and rely truly on his sacrifice. That's your power. That's the true power that comes from God our Father. Okay. Am I still here? I, re I already read this, didn't I? Yeah, I already read this. Yeah, that one, thank you. Okay. So what deals with your spiritual, your spiritually unproductive life? Here, takes you back to the blood again. Now this is before Christ, but I'm just showing you why so many people cannot spiritually mature. Why so many people cannot spiritually mature into the true walk and will of the kingdom of God and our Father. It's because they don't understand. For you know that you were not redeemed from useless, spiritual, unproductive way of life inherited by tradition from your forefathers with perishable things like silver and gold. But you were actually purchased with precious blood like that of a sacrificial lamb, unblemished and spotless, the precious blood of Christ. Now please understand this that the blood deals with your identity. And I really believe 
your identity will steer you into the kingdom of God to bear the right fruit that will last forever. The next one, please. Have I... Did I write that one? No, it's another one. Sounds the same. Okay. Now, this scripture here deals that we are not under the wrath of God anymore. Isn't that interesting? That sin has to do with wrath. And what does Satan do when you're caught in an act of sin or an act of disobedience or an act of rebellion? What does he do? He makes you feel that you're under God's wrath. Now, this is how I dealt with, this is how I dealt with the attacks of Satan, but this is how I let go of sin. This scripture is not only to deal with sin or I'm not under the wrath of God. This scripture allowed me to let go of feeding sin. Are we understanding? So look what it says here. Therefore, since we have now been justified, declared free of the guilt of sin by his blood, how much more certain is it that we will be saved from the wrath of God through him? Now, not only did... I understand that I'm not under the wrath of God anymore, but I understood that I don't need to feed sin anymore because I'm free from it. It's not my master anymore. Jesus is my master. Okay, next one. Okay, Revelation chapter 1, verse 5 to 6. And from Jesus, the faithful and trustworthy witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who always loves us, and who has once for all freed us and washed us from our sins by his own blood, his sacrificial death. You see where Satan loses his power? You don't need to fight Satan. The blood does that for you. One very common thing, we get into a war and a fight with Satan where the blood is meant to do that for us. Are we understanding? How many people here have an appetite for sin? How many people are in a habitual way of sin where they can't break that pattern, whether it be in their mind, it be in their heart, or be in their flesh? Did I turn off? No, it's good. How do you break that habitual pattern by declaring the blood? Because he speaks on your behalf. You can't find Satan, neither your sinful nature you cannot fight. The blood transfers you. Um, this is something that you need to know in your Christian walk so you can be free. The Bible says that you have been transferred. You, you don't overcome. God transfers you. He transfers you from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of His Son that He loves. So when you deal with sin, or when you deal with your carnal nature, or you deal with your flesh, how are you meant to fight it? I declare the blood that I have been transferred. You're already transferred. Meaning, Satan cannot reach you in this area anymore. 
But imagine you fight it in your own strength. Imagine you have a, a lack of understanding of the blood and what has been designed to do in you. You'll fight it in your own strength. And believe me, you will not win. Because Satan knows outside the blood of the covenant, he can attack you and sway you. Because the blood is where he's defeated. We overcome Satan by blood of the Lamb. And look what it says here. And formed us into a kingdom as his subjects, as priests to God and Father. To him be the glory and the power and the majesty and the dominion forever. So what? What attracts the power of God? What attracts the power of God upon your life to operate in your life? The blood of Christ. It's, it's what He done. It's yours. What attracts the Holy Spirit to move in your life? The blood of Christ. But where does the blood fo first focus on? You're forgiven just like you've never sinned. Your evil conscience is washed and cleansed by His blood. It has a lot to do with your character and the opposite of rejection brokenness hurt loneliness i am no one nothing's good going to come from me the, the holy spirit deals with this first isn't that interesting that most of the fights in the church today is because of this it's true Okay, I'll go to First Peter chapter 1, verse 1 to 7. I'll finish off with this. This is, this is a good one here. This here shows you how you are walking in true unity with God. Okay? First Peter chapter 1, verse 1 to 7. Peter, an apostle, special messenger, personally chosen representative of Jesus Christ, to those elect, both the Jewish and Gentile believers, who live as exiles scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia Minor, and Bithynia, who are chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, by the sanctifying work of the Spirit, to be obedient to Jesus Christ. That's, that's regarding here, crucifying your flesh, sanctifying work of the Spirit, where the Holy Spirit's actually dealing and crucifying your flesh, and to be sprinkled with His blood. May grace and peace that, spe that special sense of spiritual well-being be yours in increasing abundance as you walk closely with God. How do you walk closely with God? Sanctifying work of the Spirit to be obedient to Jesus Christ and to be sprinkled with His blood. And then it talks about His grace and peace the special sense of well-being be yours in increasing 
abundance as you walk closely with God. Next one. Blessed, gratefully praised and adored be the God of Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundance, boundless mercy has caused us to be born again. That is to be reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed and set apart for his purpose to an ever-living hope and confident assurance through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Born anew into an inheritance which is imperishable beyond the reach of change and undefiled and unfading, reserved in heaven for you. Who are being protected and shielded by the power of God through your faith for salvation that is ready to be revealed for you in the last time. In this you rejoice greatly, even though now, for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials, so that the genuineness of your faith, which is much more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested and purified by fire, may be found to result in your praise, glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, I want to stop there for a second here. Look where God takes you. In every aspect, wherever God promotes you, for you to move forward, it's always accompanied by trials. Why? Why does God allow trials to come upon your life? So many people ask me this. Why does God allow trials to come upon my life? You know why? It's because uh, he deals with the genius of your faith. Imagine you come to him and he's always giving you something. Or you're, or you're always, uh, in a way, walking with God in not the right way. Through all the trials, I learned to be sincere to him. I learned to be sincere to God in the trials and the challenges. I didn't really know what I believed until I went through the trials. All the challenges that came my way, I didn't know what type of faith was in me until I went through those trials. And there I was confessing my unbelief, there I was working on what needs to be focused on, and there faith started to get deeper and deeper in me. But if I didn't go through the trials, I wouldn't be the person I am today. I wouldn't be strong if I didn't have any opposition. So God allows trials for one reason only, is so your sincere faith is built up in you. Look what it says here. If necessary, you have been distressed by various trials, so that the genuineness of your faith is formed in you. And to be honest, the flesh doesn't want to go through trials. It doesn't. But that's God's way of building genuine faith inside of you. So when they come and you complain and you murmur and you run away from that process, all you're doing is rejecting genuine faith inside of you. And that's how you can see if you're a true son or if you're a false son. A true son accepts trials of many kinds for one reason only, for you to be genuine with God. How do you know you're genuine now? You may come to God, most of the people here are coming for a breakthrough, for an answered prayer. 
for a healing, for a deliverance. How do you know that your faith is genuine? So the, why God created trials is for you to become genuine. And there my heart changed from give me to I want to know you. And that was it. Changed. Come to me, Lord. I want to walk with you. And I knew now it's no more about give me, help me, protect me. I walk with him now. But it's formed by the blood. All the promises that deals with our identity, that deals with the love inside of us, has to deal with the blood. And now you understand now, is my character established in the blood? Do I know who I am in Christ? Because Satan will continuously attack these areas in your mind if you are not mature in this area. Okay? So please, receive this, because it will change you. But what the Holy Spirit showed me from this whole message is that the blood is formed around, free from the guilt of sin, you have been purchased, ransomed, and it deals so much with identity, a belonging, you belong. And isn't that the issue today? We feel like we don't belong anywhere. So bless you all. And thank God we'll pray. I really believe what we are lacking the most is our identity. I know it's probably your bedtime, but it's a good message to sleep to, amen? The blood, where everything begins and why we are what we are today. It's true. We are nothing without his sacrifice. I tell you the truth. All the gifting, all the sermons, everything we do for God cannot compare with the blood of his covenant. And I pray that you open your heart today to understand this. Because a lot of people can't give up their life because of identity. A lot of people can't change their life is because of identity. A lot of people can't surrender their life because of identity. And the blood deals with that. So today, God spoke to you about why it's not coming together and why you're continuously in a tug of war or you're in a wrestle because the enemy is waging war against your mind regarding you belong to yourself and you are to serve yourself. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for the blood of the new covenant. <clears throat> We sprinkle it by the blood. We enter the holies of holies by the sprinkling of the blood to receive mercy, to receive help and grace in time of need. Lord, you promised us that we can enter it with boldness and full assurance that we may find mercy, help and grace in time of need. Thank you for all that you have done, Lord. I pray for every person here 
that they are restored. And I thank you for who you are. I pray for every person here lacking the identity of the blood of Christ. And I pray spiritually they are restored in their hearts. Put your hand on your heart. Those people that are lacking, not everyone. Those people that are distant from God, I like to pray for you. Those people that are distant from God and they want to enter the place of the blood, I like to pray for you here. Thank you. We thank you, Jesus. We honor you and we love you. Thank you for your word. Your word is true and it's a lamp to our feet. Thank you that we are not to lean on our own understanding, but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Amen. Amen. There are some people here that have been separated from God. and They feel like they have taken the bait of the enemy. And, and they want to recommit their life. I'd like to pray for you. Thank you, Jesus. Worship you, Lord. Hallelujah.